a question that has been discussed by various various chachamim, various thinkers in the current war war in Gaza, is the the proposal to write gitin for soldiers, soldiers going off to battle. Rav Asher Weiss says one of the most painful questions he gets. People ask him; they're worried if they're lost in battle, if they disappear, and they're they're not known whether they're alive or dead. Other scenarios we'll talk about. The wise might become my goodness. They ask, can I give a get? Can I write a get all tonight? Can I appoint an agent to write a get if he's lost? Rav Usher says, absolutely not. One can never write a get all tonight. Post can reject that. And even appointing a shliach, it's complicated. It shouldn't be done on a large scale. It can cause all kinds of problems. So Rav Usher says, he says, all I can do is I give them a bracha. I tell them they should come home, they'll come home safely. And then he puts down the phone, they leave his house, and he tells the Kodesh Baruch Hu, I'm giving these brachas for you, for, for, for your children, for your kavod, please fulfill these brachas, otherwise it'll be a chil Hashem. So all I can do, I can't give them a halachic solution, he says, but I really hope, he says, with a very, uh, with a very pained and emotion-laden intonation, he says, I really hope that they all come home safely, but I, I don't have a halachic solution for them. And tonight I want to discuss this, this issue of writing, if soldiers writing or authorizing Gitin before they head off to war, as we'll see, it's, it's, an ancient, uh, it's an ancient proposal. It goes back thousands of years. It's been discussed on and off over the generations, but particularly over the last 100, 150 years or so. And we'll, 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 we'll discuss various chuvas on this topic. Tonight, we'll, 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 we're going to discuss one particular chuva, the chuva of Ramalkiel Tenenbaum, the Diver Malkiel. Perhaps we'll have a follow-up, we'll discuss some other chuvas. But the, before we begin... I just want to discuss a little bit about what this proposal is, what it's supposed to accomplish, and then we'll see the Divermalkiel's discussion of this, of this topic. So, the issue is that if a soldier goes off to war, so if he dies, then that's a tragedy, but his wife can generally remarry. If, if he's dead, his widow can remarry if she wants to. If he's missing, though, and not confirmed dead, if he's alive, she certainly can't remarry. Uh, he, can, he can either return to her or he can give her a get then. If he's, if he's missing and we don't know if he's dead, the woman becomes an aguna. Halacha has very concrete standards for very detailed and sometimes very strict standards for what type of evidence, circumstantial evidence, is sufficient to presume somebody dead. The standards are not, are not always met, in which case the woman becomes an aguna. She doesn't have a husband to be with, but we don't know for sure the husband's dead. The woman can't remarry. There is another type of situation of aguna which can arise during a war or other contexts as well, which is where the husband is dead. We know he's dead. We, we confirmed his death, but, but the couple had no children, and the, the husband had at least one brother. In such a case, the woman has to do even more chalitza. Today, chalitza, certainly for Ashkenazim, it's typically chalitza. If for some reason... <coughs> If for some reason chalitza cannot be done, let's say the brother is not cooperating, the brother is not religious, the brother is not on good terms with his sister-in-law, he doesn't want to do chalitza to her. For whatever reason, the, the brother doesn't want to do chalitza, he's behind the iron curtain, he, he's somewhere where we can't, we don't know where he is, we can't access him. If for some reason the brother can't do chalitza, the woman's also in Aguna. She's not, she's not a married woman in this case, she's a widow, but she's still not allowed to get married until she gets chalitza. In that case also, the woman can be, 
and Agona. So because of these two scenarios, the, hus- the, so- the husband soldier is worried either that he'll be missing and we simply won't know if he's alive or dead, his wife will be a suffolk, a possible married woman, and she can't remarry, or even if we know he's dead, but if he has no children and at least one brother, she'll require chalitza, which might not be so simple. For either of these two cases, soldiers would sometimes give gittin or other procedures they would do to avoid these situations becoming a problem. There are potentially three, roughly speaking, there are three types of things they can do. There, there, there are three possible solutions to these dilemmas. The simplest solution is a soldier going off to war can simply write a get. Just completely, unequivocally divorce his wife. They are now divorced. If he comes back, he, they can remarry her. In practice, they can just go on as before. They don't have to... You know, they don't have to go on a new honeymoon, they don't have to get to know each other again and go on dates unless they want to, but, but legally, halakhically, they can divorce and remarry. That is the simplest solution, although, it, in, although there are certain halakhic questions that arise, but that is, the, that is the simplest solution. The second solution is to give a conditional get. They, the husband gives her a get, but he says, this get is conditional on my disappearance or my, or my death. If, if I don't return by a certain time, or if I'm, de- if, if I'm either confirmed dead, or if I don't return by a certain time, then this get it should, be, should, should go into effect, retroactively even. If I do return, then the get is void. A get can be given conditionally. Masechus Gitzin, Kedushin, are full of discussions about the halakhic rules of conditions. He can give the get conditionally. That has certain advantages over the first method because they're not really divorced unless he fails to come back. So both psychologically as well as there are certain practical benefits of not actually being divorced unless push comes to shove and he actually disappears. On the other hand, get al creates its own set of problems, some of which we'll touch on, touch on soon. Particularly, Rav Asher Weiss says, our minag is we generally do not do get al for the last 500 years at least, we do not do get al tanai. We, we avoid making a tanai in most circumstances. For getting or complicated enough as it is, tanai creates all kinds of problems. So the minog is, at least for Ashkenazim for sure, is not to do get al tanai. We generally try to avoid doing get al tanai. The third solution is, the third possible thing they can do is, they can not give a get, not even give a get al tanai. They can simply authorize a get. A soldier, before he goes to war, can appear in front of Bastin, or even not in front of Bastin. We'll see more details in the different Malkiel. He can say, I hereby authorize you to give a get. Now, if someone is authorized to write and give a get, he can do it later. He can do it at his convenience. I can authorize somebody today, and in uh, three months, he can, he can execute his commission, write the get, and give the get then. So the soldier, before going off to war, appears in front of Bastin and makes a formal authorization for the writing, the signing, and the giving of the get, then they can either do the get uh, later, at, at the same day even if they want, they can do the get in a week or two, whenever it's convenient, or even, even later during the war, and as, as long as they make sure to give the get before the husband is... That, that, so, so again, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss when they, when they actually should do it in such a case, but the third, the, third, the third procedure is that the husband primarily does the authorization, and the writing and giving of the get can then be done at a, at, at, can, can then be done later. These are the three possible procedures that Post can discuss, and before we do the different Wakil's tshuva, we'll discuss the Gemara that is the source for the, for the, that, 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 that first broaches the proposal 
of doing such a thing for soldiers going off to war. The Gemara is in Xuvas. The Gemara is discussing the famous and problematic story in Sefer Shmuel of the, the, the incident of Dovna Melech and Bathsheba. The, the story there was that Dovna Melech, his men were fighting a war against Ammon, and the Dovna Melech began a relationship with a, with a married woman named Bathsheba. She was married to Uriah Hachiti. Eventually, Uriah came back, and David eventually had him killed. David was sharply criticized by the Navi for, for the relationship, for the adultery, for the murder. Nevertheless, the Talmud, the Talmud does not, there, there are certainly some opinions, if not all opinions in the Talmud, are not willing to accept that David HaMelech actually, actually committed outright adultery, and Kolomer David Chatein El and David stayed with Bathsheba after this whole story. And he, if, if, if a man commits adultery with a woman and they do tshuva, then all of them stay together. So the, so the Gemara offers various reasons. The Gemara offers a reason for why the, what David Amalek and Bathsheba was not actually adultery. It sounds a lot like adultery, but the Gemara explains why it wasn't actually adultery. So the Gemara says, Kol David, anyone who would go out to war for the wars fought by the, the house of David, the royal house of David Amalek, Get Krisus Kosev Ishto. Before heading off to war, would write a get for his wife. Dashings is from a Pasuk, but it says that, that the custom was that the soldiers of, of, of Melchemes, who fought in Melchemes based David, would execute Gitin before they went off to war. So Bathsheba was not actually a married woman, she was a divorcee. So even though the David Amalek is sharply criticized for what he did, it wasn't actually adultery it, because she actually was single, she actually was a divorcee. Now, what does the Gemara mean, Kaliyos and Melchemes based David, as opposed to what? Other wars? Was this, was this a unique procedure in Melchemes based David? So there's an interesting tshuva of the Rambam. Someone asked the Rambam about this, and the Rambam says, when the Gemara says Melchemes based David, it means the people who fought in David's army were tzaddikim, were righteous people, as opposed to those who fought in the armies of Achav and the Rishayim, the other kings who were Rishayim. Tzaddikim want to do things right. Tzaddikim care about halacha. They care about the laws of Aguna. They care about causing their wives halachic problems. So when the Gemara says Melchemes based David, according to the Rambam, he implies it wasn't anything that was unique to that particular time and place. It just means anyone who cares about halacha and wants to live a life and wants his wife to live a life of halacha would write a get before going off to war. What kind of get was this? We mentioned before there are three possible procedures they can do. So there's a machlokas between Rashi and Tosis, Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam, what kind of gitin they used to execute. Rashi says... The get was Altnai. The get was if he dies in battle, then the get the, if he dies in battle, then the get would be retroactively a valid get. So when a soldier goes out to war, if he returns, then everything's fine. If he doesn't return, then the get is retroactively a get, and his wife is divorced. If he dies in battle, then the get is retroactively a get. Tosis points out, if he dies in battle, why do you need a get? His wife can remarry anyway if he dies in battle. So what's the point of giving a get that only goes into effect if he dies? So Tosis says, as we said before, that according to Rashi, it would seem, if we take Rashi literally at face value, it would seem that according to Rashi, the purpose of this get is to avoid the need for chalitza. If he dies in battle, she's not married, but she needs chalitza. Therefore, to avoid chalitza, they gave this get, so retroactively... It, uh, she's not married, she doesn't need chalitza. A woman only needs chalitza if she was married to her husband at the time of his death. 
if she became divorced from him before the death, she does not need chalitza. Therefore, by executing such a get, even though it only goes into effect if he dies, the point is it eliminates the need for chalitza. Tosis brings a variation on Rashi, of Rashi. Maybe he doesn't mean literally if he dies. Maybe, Tos, maybe Rashi just meant if he disappears, if he doesn't return at the end of the war. The war has a more or less distinct and well-defined end. So when Rashi says if he dies, Rashi really means if he doesn't return by a certain date, by the, when the war is considered to have ended, then retroactively she's divorced. And again, the relevance here is that if he disappears, if he's lost in the war, we don't know what happened to him, we, 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 we can't find him, but we can't confirm his death. If that situation continues until the end of the war, a certain the end of the war, according to the formulation of later posts, can we pick an actual number, a year, two years, that, that, that if he doesn't reappear by a certain time, if we don't know if he's alive or dead, then according to Rashi, the get is retroactively a get. Tosis disagrees, Rabin Tam disagrees, Rabin Tam says the get was given unconditionally, it was a, it was a get below Shumtanai, Again, the, the, according to Rashi and Tosis, why they each learn like that, how it fits into the Gemara. We're not going to get into the details, but this is how Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam learned the Gemara. Rashi says the minhag of Melchemes based David was uh, was to give a conditional get, conditional either on we, either on his death or on his failure to return by a certain time. And according to Rabbeinu Tam, the get was unconditional. It was simply a, a get that was given without any condition at all. We don't find much discussion of this in, in the early poskim. It's not brought in Shulchan Aruch, but we don't find any, any substantial discussion of this procedure of writing Gitin before going off to war. They bring a Rivash. We find the Tshuva of the Rivash in the 14th century. The Rivash was not talking about war. He was talking about a community of people who were businessmen. They, they sailed the high seas, and it was often dangerous. They, they often disappeared, and there were often Aguna questions. Even Malkiel says... You know, if you're going to have these questions frequently, it's, it's a terrible thing, I guess, but that there should be such a high incidence of loss and risk. But if you're going to live this kind of lifestyle, he says, instead of having to look for kulos and the laws of Aguna, whenever this happens, you really should be writing these gitin before going off to have a uh, safeguard against you becoming lost. But he, he recommends this procedure, but he doesn't really, again, it wasn't exactly war, and he doesn't, doesn't say they actually implemented it, but this procedure is mentioned briefly by the Rivash, but until about 120 years ago or so, 120, 150 years ago or so, we don't really have any serious modern discussion of implementing this procedure. The first major tshuva that, 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 deal, that deals with this procedure that tells you how to implement it and gives you kind of practical, updated, modern guidance for it is a tshuva of the Divir Malkiel. Divir Malkiel, from Malkiel Tenenbaum, was a great posseg. He died in 1910, so he died about 115 years ago. He was, uh, he was one of the Gedole Hadar, Gedole HaPoskim of that time. He was uh, a posseg's posseg, intimately familiar with all the, the halacha, the menhagim, the, all the practical ins and outs. And he gives a, a, he gives a tshuva, it's in his tshuva for Divir Malkiel. It's actually more of an uh, instruction manual for writing such kitten. We'll read the introduction. He explains why he's writing this. It wasn't a specific response to a specific questioner, but he put it in his chuvas, he says, because there's a need for this information. Yivram Akhil actually does this on a, in a, in, for a few topics. He has a manual for Mechiras Chameitz. He has a manual, I think, he has a, he has a manual for Gitei Mulchama. He, he, he has several of these guides that, that he published in his chuvas. We're going to study for the, tonight, for the remainder of our share tonight, we're going to study the Yivram Akhil's chuva 
on this topic. Interesting from a... The, the tshuva is a fascinating mixture of the, the technical halacha, the laws of Gittin, along with the menhagim, al- along with practicalities. He recognizes you know, the, the, the tshuva deals a lot with what was typical, what was expected, what, what real-world scenarios, as well as the, some of the political and cultural, cu- cultural aspects of his society. So we'll begin his tshuva. The introductory paragraph, he says... It is now a time of war. I'm not sure which war he's talking about. I'm, I, couldn't figure, I couldn't determine exactly what year this volume of Hasefer was published. He died in 1910. This was written sometime before his death. It was before World War I, clearly. You, you try looking in wars. You, you can find Wikipedia pages for things like European wars of the 19th century, and they have dozens and dozens of them. So I, I, a, a better historian could probably figure out which war he was talking about one of the endless wars of, of, of endless, endless European wars. So now it's a time of war, he says. Many of Achenu Bnei Yisrael, Yotzim Pitzam many soldiers, many, many Jews are heading out to war. He says they want to do these divorces so, so their wives so their wives don't uh, wives don't become agunas or so they shouldn't eat chalitza, both those concerns we mentioned earlier. However, they also, they don't want to just give unconditional, uh, absolute gittin. They, they want to return. They want to return from the, when they return from the war, they want to go back to being married. As we'll see later in his tshuva, there's a concern the woman might not want to be married to. You, you have to wonder how healthy the marriage is if there's a real concern that once he gives her the divorce, she'll just walk away and won't come back to him. But that was a real concern, apparently. There were people, who, there were men who wanted to stay married but didn't trust their wives. I guess you read about these stories all the time in war that... Even even couples who uh, who even couples who who feel who feel uh, happy together and love together, the war takes them apart for, for physically for uh, separates them for for a while. Then people move on in their lives. So I so I guess right now they, they both want to stay married, but but he's concerned that if he really leaves her un, uh, un, un, un unstuck to him, she'll she'll walk off. So we'll we'll, we'll discuss that more in the course of the tshuva. Furthermore. Second, second reason they don't want to give just unconditional gittin is because there are kohanim. Some of the soldiers are kohanim. We know that a kohen is not allowed to marry a divorcee. He's not even allowed to marry his own divorcee. If a kohen, a regular person, if he divorces his wife, he's allowed to remarry her before she marries anybody else. A kohen can't do that. Once he divorces her, that's irrevocable. He can't remarry her. So for these two reasons, they don't want to give simple, absolute gittin as per Rabbeinu Tam, as of the Gemara, A, because they want to return to being married afterwards, and giving a get might uh, not facilitate that, and B, the Rokho they won't be allowed to stay married afterwards. So he says, Various Rabbanim have consulted with him, asked him for his guidance as a master halachist, how we should, uh, what the procedure should be in such cases, and because, furthermore, he tells you practically, Maybe a, maybe a competent Rav can figure all this out, he says, but not on the spot. He says, these people are being uh, drafted and hauled off to war. They're nechpazim ladarkam. They're in a rush. They, they, don't, they don't have the time to, to, to spend a few weeks while the Rav looks into the sugya. The Rav and Masada doesn't have time to, to research the matter properly. Furthermore, sometimes a bunch of people are being called up. He'll, he'll, he'll have to do the, this procedure multiple times in the same day. And certainly the, the, the tightness of the, of the time frame will, can cause problems. Things will be done incorrectly. The sofer can make a mistake, he says. The Rav and what, what one of the key things, most of what we do in a get today is boilerplate. We use the same, 
the same form of the get. We, we have the same procedure. The get has been so standardized that the way, the way we do gitin today is very, very standardized. The one thing that varies, that's, that's completely different in every get, is how to write the names. We have to identify exactly what their names are. English names, Hebrew names, Yiddish names, nicknames, legal names, how they spell it, you know, and so on, transliteration. So that, that, that's the one major issue that's different uh, in every get. So if, he, if he's under a lot of pressure, he won't have time to, 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 to do the research properly and to, and to spell the names properly in each get. And also just to make sure he does all the, all the writing properly. There are halachas that can render a get puzzle. He might not have enough time to do all that properly. Therefore, the, the Rabbanim need to know in advance that they have to have as much as possible. They have to have as much of the, of the, of the, the standardized stuff has to be prepared in advance. And furthermore, we're going we're gonna to propose a procedure which, as we discussed earlier, doesn't require them to actually write the get on the spot. The procedure he's going to propose is going to involve making an authorization to write, a, to write a get, and the get itself can be written later when they're under less pressure at, at their leisure. So therefore, they ask him for advice on how to do this. Well, what's the best way to do this to resolve all the halachic, practical, and social problems? Therefore, the Mokiel says, I have my recommendations. I'm going to write down briefly my, my recommendations, what, what I think is the, is the best way to do things in a, in, a, in a variety of different scenarios. Now he says, in an earlier volume of different Malkiel, in Chelek Aleph, this is Chelek Dalet, in an earlier volume, he says, He gave you some of the rules, some of the guidelines for how to make the various appointments and authorizations when the husband is away, when, when the husband can't make it to the basin. We, we, we use special, special forms and so on for, for doing that. However, there are still there are other aspects of this that are not mentioned in that tshuva that are specific to this scenario of war. Soldiers in war... Therefore, we're going to review this again. He says, Therefore, the rest, this is the introductory paragraph. The rest of the tshuva is going to be a, a manual, basically, a few pages of basic instructions. He has a, a main text on the top, and he has notes and uh, discussion on the bottom. We're, we're, we're going to focus just on the main text of what he actually recommends that you do. Begins a different Malkiel. Kishaholech la When a person goes to serve in the army, so the, the, the first case, the, the first case, the, the best case is Vyeshlo Pnai Lavala Basin Al Shah Khada. He has time, he he's being called up in a week, he has time to make an appointment to come to Bastin, and he he has uh, this this is scenario number one. Azayit Savlofne Bastin La Sofer. The the husband should appear before Bastin, and in front of the Bastin, he should issue the following instructions to the Sofer. Atta Ploni ben Ploni, you Sofer. In, in Gitin, we, we typically refer to people in the more formal context by their name, their first name, their, or their multiple names, Hebrew names, uh, Ben Ploni, father's name. In uh, some, of the, some of the other documents, we, we use last names, but in, in the Get itself and, and in the formal authorizations, in, in, many of the, in, in many of the most formal and critical contexts, we identify both the husband and the wife and the witnesses and the sofer. We identify them as Ploni Ben Ploni. So the Baal, the, the husband, the soldier turns to the sofer, he says, you sofer, so he identifies him as Ploni ben Ploni, Ksov get legarish boas ishti, write a get to divorce my wife, Plonis bas Ploni, he identifies his wife as Plonis bas Ploni, and he says, 
that language until the get is kosher. That means if there's a mistake made, he authorizes the sofer to write multiple gittin until they have one that the rav is okay with. In certain cases, we say that the authorization expires after one get is written. It's a complicated discussion, but for maximum flexibility, we, we, we typically we do this in a regular get as well. We, we, the, the, the authorization explicitly says you can write as many as, 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 as many as you want until the rav is satisfied with one of them. Then Le'edim Yom, returns to the Edim and he says, Atem ploni ben ploni, ploni ben ploni, you to Edim, ploni ben ploni, ploni ben ploni, chasomu al aget, aget, the way it's done today, there are different opinions in the Talmud, but aget today has several parts. It is written by a sofer. Sofer is typically a specialist. It, it, it's much of the same, same skill set that you use for writing Sefer Torah, Tefillin, and Mezuzis. But some of the rules are a little different, but it's basically the same type of skill set that, that, that a sofer for for Sifrei Torah and Tefillin have. So there's the Sofer who writes the get. Edim sign the get. Two Edim sign the get. Generally not the Sofer. The, they, they're supposed to sign like the Sofer as well, although their handwriting is not usually as good and as clean. I, I sign get in my... Uh, I definitely do not want to be the one to write the get. Um, so the two Edim sign. Then the get is given to the woman by either the husband himself, hands it directly to his wife, or sometimes an agent that the husband designates gives, gives the get to the wife if the husband and wife aren't going to be together in the same time, in the same place. Some cases there are multiple agents. The husband gives it to one agent. The agent makes a second agent. The second agent gives it to the wife. That's called the Messina. All these people have to be designated by the husband. The sofer has to be, des- has to be authorized to write the get. You can't just print the get. You can't just have uh, a factory in China somewhere where people in basements are writing gets in. The, 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 the sofer must be directly authorized by the husband to write. The witnesses must be directly authorized by the husband to sign. The shliach, if there is one, must be directly authorized, well, directly, again, sometimes indirectly, but the shliach, the shliach must be authorized by the husband to give the get. So in the simplest case, he says, the first case is, the different kill does not recommend giving, a, the, 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 does not recommend, again, writing the get on the spot, because he said it's too much pressure, it's, it's, not, it's not an ideal way to do things. What we do is an authorization. He tells the sofer, you are designated, you here, you here by, you here by, are, are my shliach, I, I, I'm, instru- I'm, I'm instructing you to write the get. He tells the adim, you and you, ploni ben ploni, ploni ben ploni, should sign the get that ploni ben ploni, the sofer, will write. You should do it, l'shem my wife. The, 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 both the sofer and the adim, the get has to be written, l'shmas. You tell the sofer and the adim, for the sake of the woman, the sake, the sake of the husband, the sake of the woman, he identifies his wife by name, plonis bas ploni, again, ad shiuchshar, l'das rav masadr. Then he makes a third designation, he tells the, the shliach, I'm appointing you, Ploni ben Ploni, as a shliach, to give the get, to, uh, to give to my wife, Plonis pas Ploni, the get, that Ploni ben Ploni, the sofer, will write. And furthermore, the husband adds, I am Makabalalai, I accept upon myself, Becherim uveshvua satara, with a cherim, which is a form of shvua, or a commitment under, 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 under the, backed by the power of an anathema, shvua satara, shvua of the Torah, not to be mevatal the get, not to nullify the get, and not to nullify the shlichus. This is a major headache that we have. Anytime there's a shliach made, anytime the get is not being given immediately, there's a concern that the husband will cancel the get. Once the get is given, it cannot, cannot be canceled. But as, until the get reaches the woman's hands, when, when the husband is holding on to it, if he holds on to it, when the shliach has it, the agent has it, a get can be, a, a get can be nullified. The get itself can be nullified. The, 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 the power of agency can be nullified. 
we're always very concerned that the husband will change his mind and do that. So generally, whenever, whenever, we, we, whenever a husband makes an authorization and the get's not being given right away, we have the husband accept upon himself a very, very solemn promises. He will not be mavatal, neither the get nor the shlichus. So we do all that. So that's the ideal long form of the authorization. It's not very long, but we may, can make these three authorizations, one to the sofer, one to the two edim, one to the shliach. He authorizes the sofer to write, the edim to sign, and the shliach to eventually give. He goes on, If he does not have time to come, to, to come in front of Bastin and do this, he's in a rush, he's, he's running out to catch his train to the front, he can't appear in Bastin. He can make the same, well, you, you don't really need Bastin for this, he can make the same authorization in front of two valid witnesses, as long as he knows the name of the sofer and the edim who are going to sign. Even if these edim are not going to sign, he has to declare in front of two edim, I hereby designate Reuven ben Yaakov as the sofer, and uh, Shimon ben Levi and Yehuda ben Yisachar as the edim, and Don the son of Naphtali as the shliach. You two edim, you are hearing all this, you can go report this now to them, tell them I designated them with these commissions, and they can then go and do their, their jobs. Okay. Now, he says, in a after she this, this first form of the solution, where, where, where the husband designates specific people, a specific sofer, specific edim, specific uh, shliach, potentially things can go wrong. He says, maybe he'll misidentify the people, and he'll, he'll get the wrong name, so he won't, he, won't, he won't have made a proper designation of the people who, who really are going to do it, or maybe he'll wind up appointing improper people, krovim, uh, krovim relatives of each other, or of the man or the woman, this happened once, he says, that, that in the, they made a mistake, he designated the wrong people. When, 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 a, when a husband designates people, you can't just substitute. You, you can't just say, okay, then they're, they're, they're not valid, let's just have somebody else do it instead. In, in desperate cases, we might do it. A, a while back, we discussed the case of the shliach of Haifa, where the shliach died, and he had all kinds of uh, un, unresolved gittin that, that, that were in his, in, that, that he was the shliach for, and he died before appointing a shliach in his place. And the question was, can the basin just appoint a secondary shliach? Some posts can allow it, but it was, that, that's a very, uh, we very much do not want to do that. We very much do not want to make substitutions. Therefore, he says, the ideal, the ideal form is, in, instead of the, the above version, where, where he designates specific people, the preferred form, he says, Yosir Tov, is that, uh, c- certainly if he's doing it in front of Adim, not in front of Basin. Basin maybe you can trust to get it right, but certainly if he's doing it in front of Adim where there's no Bastin, the best solution is for him to say, I am not specifying specific people. I hereby make a blanket appointment for everyone in this city, that any one of them can be the sofer to write the get for my wife, and any two of them who are kosher for edus can, can sign the get, and any one of them can be the shliach to give the get to my wife. I'm not limiting it to any specific people. Anyone is, I'm, I'm, I'm extending my authorization of shlichus, of, the, of writing, signing, and giving to anyone in the city. Whoever winds, up, uh, whoever winds up doing it can do it. I'm not limiting any, uh, I'm not limiting it to any specific people. Okay. Um, furthermore, if the person who's going to the army is not even in the city, he previously said, Ir Hazos, in this city. What if he's not even in the city? He's in one of the suburbs, one of the out, outlying hamlets. Fine, you make him, you, then he appears in front of Adim and says the same thing with a minor modification. In, 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 in such and such a city. He's not in a city that has people who can do the job. He lives alone. He lives with only a few people who are not you know, capable of being the sofa, let's say. He says, 
anyone in New York. And I'm a man, anyone in the city of New York to be the sofer, edim, and shliach. That's what he says. He discusses how to write the names. He says, very often people didn't know their formal names. Today, many people, most people can tell you what their, certainly people who are observant and whose parents were observant will typically know their parents' names, formal names, the way they get aliyahs for the Torah. Back then, it was common that people just had their, their Yiddish names or their, their common names. Not everyone really knew even his own formal name, certainly not his wife, his wife's formal name or his wife's father's formal name. You can get into all kinds of mistakes. So the, he says that you could just write whatever he calls her and, and, and not bother, and not bother uh, with, her, with any formal name. But better, he says, just don't write, don't write, the, don't write your wife's father's name at all. It's, it's going to be hard to get it right, he says. It's not, it's not so critical. The, per, the, the principal's own names is important, and, the, and, and his father's name is more important than her father's name. But her father's name is less important so since you're not always going to know, he doesn't always know his father-in-law's official uh, formal name, best thing to do is leave it out. It, in, in many areas of Gitzin, we say leaving something out is better than getting it wrong, and therefore he says just leave it out. Okay. But getting back to the main, the main thrust of his solution, he says, by doing this, by, by simply doing an authorization and leaving the writing of the get for later, he says you can write the get at your convenience, with patience, with deliberation, can, can do a good job of it, he says, the Yishuv Hadas, calmly. Therefore, the, the, advantage, the advantage is, instead of writing to get on the spot, where there's a, with this pressure, a lot of people are there, he's in a rush, instead of trying to do it quickly, under the gun, under pressure, have him just do the authorization, which is relatively easy, you don't have to, do, you don't have to worry about all the form, or formal halakhas in writing it yet, and you don't have to worry about spellings and everything, you just have to... Uh, that, that, that you just have to take the authorization down, and later, at your leisure, when, when you have time and patience, you can do the, the actual writing of the get. Now, when should you write the get, then? So, he says, in theory, if they have children. So, we're not worried about Chalitza. The only concern is that she'll be left in Laguna if we don't know if she's alive or dead. Then you can leave the get for years later, he says. Just wait till, wait till the husband disappears. If at any point the husband disappears and, and, we, and, we, and we've lost track of him, at that point you can write a get. If he's alive, then the get is valid. If he's dead, you can't, give a get, you can't write a get for someone who's already dead, then she can remarry anyway because he's dead. So you can, you, can, you can just leave the get to write whenever you want. When you just, just can leave it for years if you want. At any point in, at any point in the future that she wants to marry, you can just write a get for her and say, Manavshach, either he's alive, in which case the get is valid, or he's dead, in which case you don't need a get, because Khalid is not an issue if there's kids. However, he says, that is, not a, uh, that is not really recommended for practical reasons. He says, it's really better to write the get without undue delay, he says, because practical reasons. The Hemshech's man gadol, if a long time passes, Maybe one of the people who's the shliach, or one of the people involved in the get, something will happen to him, he won't be able to write, he won't be able to sign. Maybe the agent will forget the details. Leaving the get unwritten is a recipe for problems, he says. You know, who knows uh, what things will look like a couple of years down the line. Things happen, people change, people forget things, he says. It's not really safe, it's not recommended to leave the get unwritten. However, he says, certainly if you designate specific people, and you know, they die, they become incapacitated, and so on, it's, it's really not a good idea. What you should do, he says, again, writing the get on the spot is, 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 is too much pressure to do a good job. Leaving the get till the war ends, could be years, he says, is not a good idea because things can happen in between. Recommended is in between, he says. 
Write again in a week from now, a couple of days, when you, when you have some spare time, you're not under pressure, the soldier's off in the war, before, I guess, there's a, there's a risk of him disappearing yet, but write the get uh, early on. And, uh, and then you have the get. The get is already signed and, and, and signed and, uh, and, and everything is finished. All you have to do is give it. Giving it is not so hard. He says, so write the get you know, shortly, soon, after the authorization is done, at your leisure, and then hold on to the get. File it away, and if you, if you ever need it, you pull it out and you give it to the woman. Okay, so this is the long form of the authorization, the forms you mentioned earlier. The main penai, if he only has a minute uh, to, to make a quick authorization in front of Bastin, we have an abridged version. Write, sign, give the get to, uh, to my wife, so and so. If you really don't have time, you're really short on time, can't even say that many words, just say, you don't even have to say sign and give. Just say write. Write is enough in this context, he says. Just say write again for my wife. Everything else is implicit. All you have to say. Okay. Um, okay. So all this is where Chalitza is not a concern. Where there's, where there's children or where there's no brothers. So there we have the luxury we have the luxury of waiting to give the get at least the giving of the get, he said you should preferably write it and sign it earlier so you don't forget and things don't go wrong, but you, but you don't have to give the get right away. You, you can just file the, get away and, uh, file the get away in a filing cabinet somewhere and pull it out if she ever wants to remarry at the end of the war. You don't have to give it. The problem is that doesn't work if we're worried about Chalitza. Because if we're worried about Chalitza, as we mentioned earlier, then maybe he'll die in the war. You can't give the get after he's dead to solve Chalitza. Once he's dead, the get is void. If it wasn't given yet, the get is void. The get has to be given while he's alive. One, even if he authorized it before, if he dies, you can no longer give the get after he's dead. So to avoid chalitza, you have to make sure the get is given before he dies. You can't just wait till the end of the war if he doesn't reappear, because if he died earlier, then the get is, then the get is void, and, it's, uh, and you can't give it anymore. Then you have to give the get right away, uh, before there's any chance of him dying, before he sees his first action, I guess. However, again, in such a case, so what, what's to stop the woman from remarrying them? He, he, doesn't, he, he doesn't have enough confidence that she's going to wait for him. So what do you do to solve this? Now, the woman accepts the cheyrem and the Before we discussed the man accepting cheyrem and the that he's not going to nullify the get, now the woman accepts upon herself the cheyrem of the In front of Basin, she will not remarry for two years. The get is given to her, so she is divorced, but she undertakes a solemn personal commitment that she will wait two years, a two-part commitment. A, she will wait two years before remarrying, and B, if he does reappear within two years, she will remarry him and uh, not turn her back on him. So she's solemnly macabre those things. He gives her the get unconditionally, and, and, he, and he trusts her commitment to return to him and remarry. Now the problem is, what if he's a Kohen? So a Kohen... A Kohen can't, uh, can't remarry her if he divorces her. So if this kids, and we're not worried about this Chalitza question, we're only worried about the Aguna, the basic Aguna question, then the solution is to go back to plan one. Just do the authorization, don't give the get. If a Kohen authorizes a get but it's not given, that's fine. That doesn't trigger any, any, any prohibition for him. It was never given. The prohibition only comes if you give it. So if this kids, just don't give it until, until he disappears and that doesn't return. But if, he's, but if both factors are here, if he's a Kohen and there's no kids... There's no kids, you have to give the get right away to avoid Chalitza. And he's a Kohen, so he can't remarry her after he gives the get. So what do you do? Now what do you do? We're really stuck. Now the only solution is to make a get al 
to give the get conditionally. You give the get now, before he sees action, before there's any danger of him dying, but he gives the get conditionally. He, give, he, go, he goes into some very elaborate, uh, different variations and how to make, exactly how to make the condition, but you make some form of condition that the, you give the get now, but the get is, is conditioned on his not returning by a certain date, to presenting himself in front of two people by a certain date, uh, for, let's say, two years. If I don't present myself in front of these two people for two years, then the get is retroactively a get. If I do, then the get is retroactively void. This way, if he survives the war and makes it back, the get was retroactively void. So even if he's a Kohen, there's no problem, because a conditional get, which turned out to be void, the condition was not fulfilled, the condition was not met, the get is retroactively void, and, and the Isra for a Kohen does not apply, because she's not divorced. She did, she did physically receive a get, but the get was conditional. And since the get wasn't valid, the Kohen can stay with her. If he does disappear, though, then we don't have to worry about Chalitza because the get was retroactively a get from the initial giving. He discusses at some length for, for how, to, how to give the conditional get. He goes even further. He says, let's say he's not a Kohen. If he's not a Kohen, we normally tell him, give the get unconditionally and avoid, avoid messing around with conditions. Give the get unconditionally and she'll remarry you if you return from the war. What if he doesn't trust her? What if he doesn't trust her to come back to him after the war? So we said before, you try to get around that by having her accept a cherem and a shvua, that she promises, she solemnly promises with, a, with, with, uh, with uh, ominous promises, with, with terribly, uh, terribly important promises, that she'll be faithful to him and return to him. What if he doesn't trust her? He wants her enough to stay married, but he doesn't trust her. He doesn't trust that, she can, uh, that she'll be strong enough to, to stay single and wait for him as we said before, as has often happened in cases of war, sweethearts and so on, uh, expected to remain faithful to each other forever, but you know, the time and the, and the, and the physical distance uh, does what it does, and people go apart, some, grow apart sometimes. So what if he doesn't trust her? Even with the Shavu and the Cherem, he doesn't trust her. Yerim Lokiel says, again, you can, do the, you can do the solution of Tanai. In such a case, you can also do it tonight. We don't normally... Give a get out tonight, but if you have to, either because he's a Kohen and there's no other, and there's a problem of chalitza and there's no other solution, or if he's not a Kohen but he doesn't trust her, if he gives an unconditional get, in such a case you can give a conditional get. Now, just to elaborate on this point a little bit, we mentioned earlier the Ramad does say that our minhag is we have a, a, a very we have a very strong minhag. We do not give a get out tonight. Rav Asher Weiss, in, in two separate lectures, uh, two separate talks, I heard him give. When he discusses the, these proposals, uh, these requests to give a get al tonight, he says, absolutely not, we don't do get al tonight. These were literally two-minute segments, and Rav Asher is a great Talmud Chacham and obviously knows better than this, but it is not really true that we don't give a get al tonight. We normally don't give a get al tonight, but the general rule seems to be we don't give a get al tonight insofar as giving a get shalom al tonight would be a perfectly acceptable solution. We don't allow you to make a tonight when you have no good reason for not giving a get without a tonight. However, if for whatever reason giving a get shalom al tanai is not a good solution, we do give a get al tanai. That, 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 that's how the Ramah brings it. It's rare, but, it, but, it, but it's done, especially in the case of a Kohen. Divir Malkiel has no problem saying that if he's a Kohen and there's a Chalitza problem, he can do a get al tanai. Divir Malkiel goes even further. He says, even if it's not a question of a Kohen, it's just a fellow who doesn't trust his wife, he doesn't trust that she will stick with him through, the, through thick and thin, even that's a good enough reason to, to allow giving a get al tanai, even though that's something we don't normally do. Sorry, did someone have a question? Okay. But uh, in any event, that's what you do. 
So in, in, in the best case scenario, you just do the authorization, write the get at your convenience and hold on to it, don't give it. If you're worried about chalitza, the get has to be done now before there's any chance of him dying to avoid the need for chalitza. And if, the, and if giving a get shalom al is not satisfactory, either because he's a Kohen and won't be able to remarry her, or because he doesn't trust her, then you give a, then you give a get al He's, he goes on, and he says that let, this is all when the husband is here and appears, can appear before the basin or in front of Adim to, get to, to make all these authorizations. What if he's already at the war and he's far away and there's no basin in the area for him to do this? Do by mail, he says. Send him all day post, send him a, a letter that, that, that the letter contains all these, all these things he's supposed to say. And he... Uh, and the... And, 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 and the letter tells him what to say. He says all those things. He says all those things, and he, and he, he says all the things, and he, he makes all... We, we can instruct him by mail to exactly that... Uh, we, we, that, 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 that we can instruct him the, the, all, all these forms, all these forms of exactly what he has to say. And that's also good, he says. Furthermore, he says, if the husband is not in front of us and he doesn't speak Hebrew, all, the, all these instructions are in Hebrew... What if the husband doesn't speak or doesn't read Hebrew? Write it in Russian jargon, he says. Jargon, I think, is Yiddish. Write it in Yiddish, he says. You don't have to write it in, in Hebrew. Write it in whatever language he understands. Now, it doesn't matter, he says, as long as the, as, as, as long, as long as the, the content is there, he says. Just write it, in, write it in whatever way the husband will be able to understand it. That's what you can do. He goes even further. Different Lakiel says, if somebody... If somebody wants to, what he calls the mezakis, somebody wants to liskos, all the people already in the war, wants to enable them in a general way with, that, that, uh, without sending individual letters to individual soldiers, he just wants to enable the, the wholesale author, authorization of Gittin by soldiers already on the battlefield, already, already, already in, the, in, the field, in, the, in the theater of war. He said he can write as follows. He can write a general announcement letter, send a general circular to the, to the place of war, and he writes, anyone who wants to divorce his wife should write, and, should write down the following language, and he gives it to you in Yiddish. Allah divas velen zayn mein unterschrept. He, goes, he, goes, he gives the whole version. I'm not quite sure I can translate everything he says. I, I know I cannot translate everything he says, but he says, just, just give general instructions, send general instructions to the war, that any husband who wants to avail himself of this procedure should just uh, make the following declaration, and uh, he'll, again, he, he can appoint people uh, in another city, and so on. You don't even have to single out people, just say, appoint anyone in the city to be the sofer, and the edim, and the, and the, and the shaliach, to so do all that, he says, and, and, uh, and so anyone just has to sign this authorization. Anyone who wants to avail himself of this type of get procedure, Harotza Ligarish, anyone who wants to avail himself of this, sign any form of signature that you have, whether it's Hebrew, whether it's some other language, just sign and make your mark, however, however you sign, he says. And then the Adim, the Adim who witnessed this should say that we, the undersigned, we testify that, 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 that he made this declaration in front of us, and, we're sign, and, and, and he signed it, and we're, and we're certifying that he did so. And then you can, and, and the and then they, they can write this ksav in Yiddish as well, he says, and he discusses how you write it and sign it. And good, he has, he has a number of other instructions also. We're not getting into all the details, 
The bottom line is, this was a different Mokiel's procedure. He thought this was, in general, a good idea, a good idea for soldiers going to war. Again, it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to know how much to read into Rav Asher Weiss's two-minute uh, two segments, but Rav Asher thinks that we never do, says we never do get all tonight, and doing wholesale gitin like this, it's clear to me, he says, it'll be a terrible michshol, it's complicated, you have to be a man of the edim and the sofer, and it's complicated. He says it's complicated at least three times in, in, in one of these segments. It's something we should not do. However, the different Malkiel was the, was the great proponent of this. He took for granted you should do it. Many other Rabbanim, he said, wanted my guidance and how to do it. He thought this was a great idea, apparently, that you should do it. It is complicated, yes, but here are the rules, he says. You should do it like this. He provides you detailed rules for how to do it. Again, Get al we don't usually do, but even Get al the different Malkiel is, is, is willing to accept when there's no better solution. In general, though, you don't need Get al In general, he says, just do an authorization. The husband should authorize the writing of a get, and, the, and at some point in the future, if the husband disappears, if, assuming there's no problem with Chalitza, we'll just say, either he's dead, in which case the woman can remarry, or if he's alive, we have his authorization, then we can just go ahead and do the get now. There's always a concern when you have authorizations. Maybe he changed his mind. Maybe he rescinded. He nullified the authorization. That's why we do the standard thing. We ask him to commit himself with a shvua and a cherem, but he won't rescind it. And we rely on that. This was the opinion of the different Malkiel. This, this, this procedure, while, yes, perhaps complicated, is, uh, is, 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 is by no means uh, undoable. It could be done. It should be done, apparently. And the Divrim Akil was the, was the Rosh Farishon of the later Poskim who discussed, uh, who, 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 who discussed you know, whether and how, to do, and how to do this procedure. Perhaps, perhaps next week we'll discuss uh, further Juvos on this topic from the World War II era and later.